Hey, this is Dino, and I'm the pastor of Revolution Church. Thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope this message is encouraging to you and will help you to discover God's unchanging love. For more information, visit our website at therevolutionchurch.com. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Revolution. My name is Dino. And I'm the pastor here. I am so grateful that you've joined us today, especially if you're joining us for the very first time. We consider an honor and a privilege when you decide to worship with us. Do me a great big favor. If you are jumping on for the first time, go to our website and you can fill out a connection card. That'll tell us a little bit more about you. We want to be able to connect with you, want to be able to find ways that we could be of service to you. Um, but do us a great big favor and do that. We love connecting with new folks that, that join us and, and just honored that you would today. And, and we're so excited today, especially, especially for those of you who are joining us for the first time, because we're launching a new series today. As I've been praying about the season that we're in, uh, just believing about, uh, the the different things that all of us are facing, the Lord really put this new uh, series idea for us. And I feel like over the next three, four weeks, we're going to build our faith, especially right now, as I really feel like we're coming out of the pandemic. I really feel like that this next 30 to 60 days is going to be a defining moment for a lot of us. We are still space challenged and still unable to meet in person, but we really feel like our time is coming. And in the meantime, we get to continue to do ministry this way. But I feel like even as we're doing ministry this way, and just want to say, I'm so proud of all of you, every person that considers themselves to be a part of this ministry, we are just so grateful for you. We're so proud of you because of uh, the progress that you're making, the way you're continuing to press into God, the way you're allowing God to still transform you, still speak to you, still lead you, still guide you. You're growing in your faith, even in this current situation. It has been incredible to see. It truly is a picture of, listen, that Jesus is the Lord of the church. I'm so thankful that Dino's not the Lord. I'm so thankful that you're not the Lord. I am so thankful that Jesus is the Lord over his church, and he is still doing amazing things in all of our lives. But I really feel like over the next four or five weeks or so, I really feel like the rhetoric that we're going to be experiencing is going to be turned up. As I look over, you know, read my news reports like a lot of you guys are, I feel this spirit of fear trying to overtake me. And as I had been dealing with this, probably over the last week or so, I really felt like this is what God wanted us to deal in this series. He wanted me to teach you how we can live fearless. Yes, I actually want to talk about this. I want to call this series Fearless and Making Progress in the Face of Fear. Isn't that awesome? You and I can live fearless because we live in Jesus. We, we live and move and have our being in Jesus. And because of that, we can actually live fearless. And we can actually make progress in the face of fear. Okay, I didn't say that you know, the feelings of fear would go away. But there is a way to make progress in the face of those feelings of fear. And so, you know, I heard somebody say this, an expert say this, that 85% of the fears that we face never manifest. Let that sink in for a second. 
85% of the fears that we face never manifest. And stop and think about what that means. All the wasted time, all the wasted energy, all the lost sleep, all the extra words, all the complaining, come on, all the draining, all the things that go along when we are locked into a fear or something that we think is going to happen to us negatively and never manifests. So I just feel like God wants us to deal with this subject and, and deal with it in a way that we really understand that when we yield to fear, when we yield to even the feelings of fear, I believe it is the enemy that masks around in the voice of fear or the situations of fear or things that make us afraid. Why? Because he wants to prevent us from taking steps. He wants to prevent us from making progress. Friends, Everything in the word of God, everything in the Lord Jesus Christ, when you call yourself a Christian, you and I have the privilege of taking ground in life. We have the privilege of being successful in God. We have the privilege of doing amazing things with our lives. And the enemy knows that. And that's the reason why I believe he prances around in the voice of fear and the circumstances of fear to hold us back and to cripple us. But we are not going to be crippled anymore. Fear cannot exist here. Come on, somebody. Put that into the chat. Fear cannot exist here. Look what, look what uh, uh, Isaiah 54, 17 says. This is awesome. This is going to be our foundation scripture for this series. It says this. It says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Look what it says again. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. It doesn't say that weapons aren't going to try to form against you, but it promises us they don't have to prosper against us. And watch this. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Here's what this means. That those voices that rise against you, that prevent you from taking steps forward, that prevent you from making progress, the word of God promises us that you and I can condemn those voices. We can condemn fear. We can condemn the feelings of fear and move on with our life. Notice, this is so awesome. It, this is the promise that says here, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, saith the Lord. Here's a super connection and a game changer that I hope you get because he makes it very clear. There's a connection here in terms of understanding who we are in Christ, that you and I are the righteousness of God in Christ and that is what empowers us to deal with any fear, anything that is trying to come against us from preventing us from making progress in life. Friends, one of the greatest promises you and I have in the New Testament is that God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for you and I so that we, through him, would become the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Guys, listen, you and I became righteous through no effort of our own. You and I became righteous because of Jesus' effort and his entire work alone. All you and I had to do was believe. And as we believed, that exchange takes place and you and I come into the kingdom of God. And when we know that we're in right standing with God, this confidence comes to overcome every fear. You and I are going to live 
fearless. And we're going to learn how to make progress in the face of fear. So come on, pray with me. Let's believe God for revelation to come forth and that we will step into all that God has for us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We praise you for the word of God. We thank you and praise you, Holy Spirit, that you will speak clearly through me. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that this word will go forth unhindered by any satanic force and that, Lord, we would walk and we would live and we would have our being in everything that you've called for us. Father, I just declare that over the listener, that they will be strong in you, that they will walk victorious in you as we learn how to live fearless in your presence. We thank you for in Jesus' name, amen. All right, fearless making progress in the face of fear. So as I started to prepare for this series, I read the scripture in the book of Psalms. We're going to read it. And when I read it, I had to stop and just ask myself some honest questions about myself. And I hope you do the exact same thing. Because see, the word of God needs to speak to us. It needs to transform us. And that's the whole purpose of reading the word of God and studying it and even meditating it because it can change us. It can transform us. So I read this in Psalm 23, 4. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That's Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. When I read that, I stopped. I put my Bible down and I said, how did he do that? I want to know how he did that. How did he walk through the valley of the shadow of death? The valley of the shadow of death is that dark place, a place of fear, a place of insecurity, a place of where you feel like you're going to die, a place where you feel like you're going to fail, a place where you feel like at any moment, you know, the, the, whatever you're facing is going to do you in, okay? How in the world did he walk through? through this how did he not only walk through it how did he walk through it successfully and how did he walk through it fearing no evil this is awesome and so I, when I read this I said I want to know how he did this because here's what I believe I believe if it's in the word of God and we can study it and understand it I believe that we can learn how to apply it in our lives and have the same experience friends listen if you want to learn how to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil, walk through the valley of those dark things in our life, face those fears, face those insecurities, face those things that have been holding us back, and you know, you know, I just feel like I'm talking to some people that you have allowed lies from your childhood or lies from your upbringing or maybe even generational lies that have tried to affect you and stop your progress from going forward. And it's all a lie rooted in fear. I believe God wants to uproot it in this series Come on, when you gave your heart to Jesus, a new bloodline came into your life, okay? Everything prior to that bloodline doesn't have to cross that bloodline if we don't let it. But if we let those voices of failure, those voices of fear, those feelings of fear continue to dominate us, then they will. We're going to learn how to live fearless and make progress even in the face of fear. So how did he do this? How did he do this? I, I want to know how he did this. Because I think if we can apply it to our life, I believe that it'll be a game changer for us. Okay, so even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Who wrote this? All right, that's where you got to start. 
David wrote this. King David in the Old Testament wrote this. And historians will tell us that he was around 33 years old when he wrote this. And I think that's significant here in a second. But if we know King David wrote this, then it, it makes sense because he was a shepherd, all right? So he's talking about uh, the valley of the shadow of death over here. And as a shepherd, there were valleys in Israel that were dangerous, especially at night. And he would have to watch over those sheep and he would have to guide those, his sheep through those valleys that were oftentimes treacherous, oftentimes had uh, uh, animals that were lurking in, in the darkness that would try to grab the sheep. And even at times, David had to fight them off. So there's no doubt that part of this, when he starts talking, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil. Certainly, he's talking about this, right? And then as I thought about it a little bit further, I thought about a different valley that David walked in, the valley of Elah, which is the valley where David faced Goliath. All right, think about this. An enemy, a giant. Here he was in this valley, right? If you know the setting, the setting was you had the Philistine army and you had the Israelite army. And the challenge went out, hey, you send out your best warrior and we'll send out our best warrior. And whoever wins in this battle will win this war so there won't be further bloodshed. So, so they sent out Goliath, this giant of a man. And all of Israel was paralyzed by fear, paralyzed by, by the thought of dying at the hands of this giant, being torn apart physically. He was, he was a physical giant. And so here is David seeing that nobody wanted to go into this valley, okay? And he was there by accident because he was there only delivering some food for his brothers, but seeing the fear in the, in, in the camp and experiencing all that, he was like, hey, listen, I feel like I have been called to this assignment. And that day he walked down into the valley to face Goliath with just a slingshot and some stones. And he defeated that giant. How did he do that? I want to know. So when he says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I want to know what he did. I want to know how he did it. Come on, somebody, especially in the time that we're living in right now. But then I thought about this other thought. He was 33 when he wrote this. Why is that so important? Because he became king of Israel at 30. And so here David is now leading a kingdom, being a king, making decisions as a king that he's never made before, making military decisions, facing military battles, facing uh, uh, public needs, facing court situations, facing things that he has never, ever faced before. And it suddenly hit me when he was talking about going through the valley of the shadow of death and fearing no evil. It wasn't a physical valley. It was the valley of the assignment that was in front of him. He was dealing with the valley of all the needs of his people, dealing with the valley of all of the, the military issues, the enemies that were, would try to destroy Israel. And here he was, a young king, needing to know how to deal with all of this stuff. It suddenly makes sense why he would write this psalm, even though I walk through the valley. Come on, somebody. 
And I just feel like that's where a lot of us are. A lot of us in this pandemic, we're like in a valley. And we're saying, hey, when is this thing going to be over? And I'm telling you, and right when it's going to be over, there's going to be another challenge on the other side of this thing, which is the reason why we really need to understand what it means to live fearless and make progress in the face of fear. Because my understanding is this, once you conquer this fear, there's always another one that has to be conquered and another one and another one. I believe I'm talking to some people who really want to live fearless. I believe I'm talking to some people, well, we are going to make progress in the face of fear. And I, and I really believe that God has this for us. So again, how did David do this? How did he become a new king? And how was he leading his kingdom? There was treachery in his kingdom. There was wars. He had to provide financially. He had to deal with budgets. He had to deal with all of the political rhetoric of the day, all right, even as king. I'm certain, I'm certain that he dealt with some dark days, days where he felt alone, days like he felt like he wasn't qualified or he didn't have the ability or the goods to do the things that God asked him to do. I am certain of it, but he found a way to do it. He found a way to go through those things. Friends, and here's, here's probably one of the points we've got to get right now. We have been called to go through, not around, not over. We've been called to go through because listen, sometimes the only way over is to go through. And I believe that's the reason why this series is so important because we're going to learn how to go through our fears. We're going to learn how to deal with these fears once and for all and tell them to stop dictating our life, stop robbing us, stop telling us what we can and can't do because you and I have been called to do great things in Jesus. And sometimes to get there, we have to go through. All right. Now, so again, how did he do it? Now, the first thing I want you to see is this fear going through or fearing something is not necessarily um, uh, uh, dealing with, uh, or how can I say this? Uh, it doesn't mean you're not going to experience feelings of fear. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. So when you're going through something, the feelings of fear are very real. But here's the deal. They don't have to stop us. And all fear really means is to stop or quit or turn and go the other way. That's what fear means. And so when we yield to the feelings of fear, all right, this is what it does. It robs us. And so when those feelings of of you know, loss are coming or those feelings that we're going to fail, the feelings we're not going to be loved, the feelings we're not going to be accepted. When we yield to all of those fear feelings, it robs us. But I'm telling you, I really believe what David did in the face of the feelings of that fear, he still made progress. And I believe we're going to make progress too. All right. So where does where did his, his answer come from? And I believe it, it came from the word of God because, because that scripture was in Psalm 23, 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. So I believe our answer to how we can walk through this successfully is found in verse 1 of that same psalm. Look what it says here. It's so beautiful. It says, uh, it says the Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me, I shall not want. Isn't this beautiful? David understood something here. 
when he was talking about going through the valley of the shadow of death, going through those valleys, facing those fears, he knew he wasn't facing them alone. He was facing them with his shepherd. And here's what his shepherd did for him. David understood that the shepherd's job was to guide, was to feed, was to guide and to shield. This is amazing. I want this to sink in because the totality of everything we need to live life successfully is found in this one verse. To feed, to guide, and to shield. Those three things encompass everything we need to live life successfully. To be fed, to be provided for, to be guided, to get the direction that we need, and to be shielded, to live in protection. Isn't this awesome? So when you study the life of David, you see these three things working in his life, which is what gave him the confidence to say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I want to have the same confidence, don't you? I want to live that exact same way. But David understood that his shepherd, one of the first things his shepherd did was provide for him. And when you study David's life, you see how God always provided for him. I thought about a time when he and his men were hungry and they needed to eat and God provided holy bread for them from a temple, okay? God was always providing for David. And listen, I want you to know something. The word of God tells us the same thing, that God will always provide for us too. Look what it says here, Philippians 4.19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. My God shall supply. My God is going to supply. Listen, We've just got done talking about how you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The word of God tells us that God would never let the righteous go begging bread or never let the righteous go without. I'm telling you, David knew that God was his provider and we're gonna find out too that God is our provider too. Can I just say this to you? David wasn't even born again. David was just a servant. You and I have the privilege of having Jesus live on the inside of us, to being born again, being in one spirit with Jesus, to being a child of God. Are you kidding me? God is always providing for his children. You are his precious child. And one of God's things that he wants to do for you is to provide and is to feed you. But something else David also understood, David also understood that the shepherd's job was to guide The shepherd's job was to provide direction. And there's so many times when you you study the life of David, you see so many times how he would inquire of the Lord and the Lord would give him the direction to do this or to do that. I think about Ziklag, what happened there when when a, a surrounding army came in and stole all the women and children and all their goods while they were away from the camp. And David went in to the quiet place to worship the Lord and to inquire of the Lord and what he should do. And the Lord told him, I want you to pursue, overtake, and recover all. And he did. 
And listen, you and I serve a great big God who's not short on direction, who's not short on guidance. Come on, look what it says here in John 16, 13. Listen, this is amazing. If you're, if you're a Christian, this promise is so amazing. John 16, 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, watch what he does. He will guide you into all truth. He will provide you the direction that you need. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things which are to come. Isn't this amazing? Here's how you make progress in the face of fear. You know that God is going to provide. You know that God's going to guide. And here's the last one. You know that God is going to shield you. God is going to protect you. Look what John 16, says. It says, this is Jesus speaking still. These things that I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Now watch this. In the world, you will have tribulation. Do you think we have some tribulation around us right now? Do you think there is some crazy unrest going on around us right now? Come on, somebody. Jesus almost prophetically could see it for you and me. And he says this, in the world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. He says, in me, you're going to have peace. In me, you're going to be protected. In me, you're going to be shielded is what he's saying. And be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. This is why David could say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because he knew his shepherd was going to feed his shepherd was going to guide, and his shepherd was going to shield him. Do you know that? Do you know that? I hope you get this today. I want you to see one last thing here that just jumped off of the pages of the Bible as I was reading this. You know, that'll happen to you. If you will start reading the Bible and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you while you read the Bible, revelation will come to you. And you'll, you'll begin to see things maybe you've never seen before. For example, I've read Psalm 23, 1, perhaps a thousand times throughout the course of my, my studies and even as a pastor, okay? But it says here, the, I want you to see this. I want you to see what jumped off the pages when I read this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. Now notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say the Lord is a shepherd who feeds, who guides, who shields. It says the Lord is my shepherd. Man, you got to let this sink in right here. When I was reading this, the word my jumped off the pages of the Bible and it like hit me in the head. My is a form of belonging to something. So what David was saying, my shepherd, my, I belong to this shepherd. This shepherd belongs to me. There was a possession that was connected to it. Come on, are you getting this? He was making it personal when he said, the Lord is my shepherd, not a shepherd, my shepherd. So many times we go through life 
And we think, oh, he's going to be somebody else's shepherd, or he's going to be my wife's shepherd, or, or, or Pastor Dino's shepherd, but he'll never be my shepherd. Friends, I want you to see this for yourself and get a hold of this, just like David did. David acutely understood that the shepherd was his shepherd, my shepherd. Do you know him that way? Do you see your shepherd that way? Is it that personal to you like it was to David? How much more so should it be personal to us now that we're children of God, now that we're born again, now that we're in the family of God? Come on, somebody. If you do not see Jesus as your personal shepherd, then I pray that you open the eyes of your understanding through this message and receive this very simple message. Make him your personal shepherd. You could be a Christian and still not understand that he is your personal shepherd. You can be a believer for a long time without understanding this. Like I was, I knew about Jesus for a long time. Never understood this, that he would become my personal shepherd. Friends, I want you to get this. Is he your personal shepherd? That's how we go through the valley of the shadow of death. When we understand our personal shepherd is the one who feeds us, who guides us, who shields us, just like David knew. And I believe you're going to know too. Reminds me of a story of a businessman who was in the business of selling wool. And what he wanted to do is he really wanted to understand his business. And so he decided to take it upon himself to go out with a shepherd in Texas Prairie who, who uh, managed flocks of sheep and spend the day and night with the sheep. Something so interesting happened. There at night, while all the sheep were sleeping, they were all sleeping around the campfire. They could begin to hear coyotes howling in the distance. And as the howling grew closer, the sheep woke up and they began to stir and they stood up. They would too, they were hearing voices, all right? And so the shepherd did something amazing, this businessman said. He got up and he threw more wood on the fire. And as he threw more wood on the fire, the flames shot up. And as the flames shot up, this businessman said he could look out at the flock and all he could see were hundreds of eyes facing the fire, facing the flame. He could see the flame in all their eyes. And he was so amazed by this because what he saw was that when trouble came, when fear showed up, when the voice of fear crept in, the sheep didn't look to the fear. The sheep looked to the shepherd. The sheep looked to the shepherd who was standing in the fire or by the fire. They ignored the voices of fear. They ignored the coyotes and they looked to their shepherd. They knew who their shepherd was. Do you know 
who your shepherd is. When you're in situations when that voice of fear is real, I know it's real. Your knees are knocking, your teeth are chattering, your heart's racing. You can't take a step because you feel paralyzed by something. I'm telling you to do what David did. Turn to your shepherd, come on, turn to him. Look unto Jesus who is the shepherd of your soul, the one who loves you, the one who gave his life for you, the one who's on fire for your success, the one who's on fire for your purpose and your destiny, the one who is on fire for your children to be everything that they're supposed to be, the one who's on fire to guide you by your hand through this valley of the shadow of death we're walking through right now of COVID-19. Do you know your shepherd that way? He knows you. He knows you. But do you know him? And maybe you're watching this for the first time. You say, I don't know Jesus like that. I don't know Jesus as my shepherd like that. I want to introduce you to him. You know, all my life, I was, before I, I, I met Jesus, before I invited him into my life, I heard about him. I knew about Jesus religiously, but I didn't know that I could have a personal relationship with him. And I didn't know that he could be my shepherd or that he wanted to be my shepherd. I'm inviting you today. If you've never invited Christ into your life, if you've never personally accepted him, just pray this simple prayer with me right where you're at, right now. We're gonna do it right now. And, and let's believe that you can have this personal relationship with Jesus like we have. Just pray this prayer out loud. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before you. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Change me. Help me. I want a clean slate before you. Transform me. Make me your child. I believe that you were raised from the dead to pay for my sin. And I take you as my shepherd, my personal savior today. In your name I pray, amen, amen.